you're listening to The Journey with your host, Dr. Monica Y. Jackson, Ph.D., on the CWR Network. Welcome to a special edition of The Journey Talk Radio. I am your host, Dr. Monica. Today's topic is love, health, and wellness, caring for children with special needs. I found love in you. And I've learned to love me too. Never have I felt that I could be all that you see. It's like our hearts have intertwined into the perfect harmony. This is why I love Life happens and often interrupts our plans, our visions, our dreams, and even our love. Some life experiences may throw us off course and derail our journey, but that's not the time to fall apart or give up. It is precisely in those moments when you must find the strength to look up, be strong, and courageous. That's what today's segment is all about. The journey is real talk. Real issues, real people, in the real world. Today's topic is love, health, and wellness, caring for children with special needs. And today's special guests are Mrs. Alicia Jones, and doctors told her that her, doc, her daughter, Genesis, would only live a few days, would be blind and deaf. And although Genesis has cerebral palsy, she is not blind or deaf, and she is an adult. Welcome to the journey, Alicia. Thank you, Dr. Monica. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you. And our second guest is Mr. Joseph Lim. And his son, Jordan, was diagnosed with autism at a very early age. And to complicate matters, Jordan was also diagnosed with diabetes, which was a topic that we covered on a previous. Welcome to the journey, Joseph. Thank you, Dr. Monica, for having me. It's great to be here. I thank you both for joining me this evening. And Joseph has written a book entitled Half My Life, The Testimony of a Father and His Special Needs Child. And if you are listening to the program today, please be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life skills enterprise and tell us how society can be more supportive of families with special needs children. And those who post, we have two lucky posts that will receive a copy of Joseph's books today. And you must post on Facebook no later than 8 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. And winners will be selected and announced on Valentine's Day. Also, we also want you to know that we will not be accepting live calls this evening because we want to allow our special guests plenty of time to share their journey. So be sure if you have any questions to post them on our Facebook page 
and we will follow up with our special guests to be sure to get those answers. So let's get started with the interview. Starting with Alicia, you know, um, tell us a little bit about Miss Genesis and her condition, and how did it all start? Well, Dr. Monica, as you stated, Genesis has cerebral palsy. At 37 weeks of pregnancy, my uterus ruptured into pieces, and she suffered a lack of oxygen to her brain during delivery. Of course, it was very traumatic. The pregnancy was going fabulous, all was well, and I was walking down the hall at a hospital in Orange County and felt the pain that was just unbearable. And lo and behold, my uterus had ruptured into pieces. And I can stand today to tell you that we're both miracles because we're not supposed to be here. Ultimately, God had a different plan for our lives, that's for sure. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And Joseph, tell us about Mr. Jordan and his condition and how did that all get started? Well, Dr. Monica, uh, at age four, uh, we noticed Jordan's communication and his socialization skills were not what we expected, and we have an older daughter to compare to, so we sort of knew what to expect, and so we had him tested, and he was diagnosed with autism, and as we were dealing with the struggles and the challenges with that condition, years later, um, we noticed Jordan got sick, and he wasn't getting better. We rushed him to the hospital, and this was after his 12th birthday, and the doctors told us that his blood sugar was really high. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and ju- that's called juvenile diabetes as well. And it's, it's a genetic condition. It's not acquired like type 2 is. Uh, apparently, there's something in the genetic makeup of me and my wife that, that gave Jordan the proclivity to get diabetes, and after a certain point, he, it did the onset did come out, and uh, and that's how we got it. So, you know, I just want to say that despite these challenges, it is Jordan is an awesome kid, and um, he is such a blessing. I wouldn't know what to do without him in my life, um, and I, I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to tell our stories. Oh, no, absolutely. No, I appreciate you for your courage to share because I believe that there are so many other people who are suffering silently and do not know where to turn and just need that encouragement. So to hear, you know, real-life stories, you know, it is a blessing, and I thank you for that. But one thing I want to ask you about, you touched on or started talking about challenges, um, Joseph. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about some of the challenges that you experienced with Joseph, excuse me, with, with Jordan, I'm sorry. With Jordan. Yeah, I think that, yeah. it, I think uh, the, the biggest challenge I would say if I were to roll it up is the combination of the two conditions. Um, autism and diabetes in and of themselves pose huge challenges for the child and even for the families in caring for them. But to have both of those conditions together is more than a double whammy because each condition sort of makes the other one harder to deal with. For example, typical children that have diabetes or typical individuals in general that have diabetes would probably be able to vocalize when they're not feeling well, when their blood sugar is too high or too low, and they might even be able to treat themselves to some degree. 
But Jordan can't do that because of his autism. He has limited communication abilities and, and verbalization skills, um, and he's not able to, to communicate effectively. We have to sort of read. We have to read him um, uh, secondhand. We have to watch his facial expressions or body language to determine if something's wrong. So that, you know, the, the double whammy is, is manifested because of both conditions being together. Thank you for sharing that, Joseph. And Alicia, I know um, Genesis also has limited communication skills. And just tell us about some of the challenges that you have with Genesis. Well, Dr. Monica, cerebral palsy has so many different levels to it. Um, As you stated earlier, Genesis was blind and deaf at birth. Um, There was just nothing there, doctors told us she's just a vegetable. She's just lying there. The machines are are breathing for her. And we were actually told a few weeks before she was discharged from the hospital that we would have to place her in an institution that we would not be able to care for her. It would be too much for my husband and I to care for her. But I am excited and just praise report that God turned it around for her um, one particular Sunday evening, if I may share this, this um, was walking through the hospital, and she decided to stop by Genesis' room, and she was flashing black and white charts in front of Genesis, and she started tracking. And the doctors was like, hey, well, what do you mean Genesis was tracking? She can't see. And the therapist was like, no, this little girl is tracking. She's seeing something. So they call in the ophthalmologist from Long Beach Memorial Hospital. I would never forget it. It was a Sunday, ironically, and the doctor came in and she said, oh, my, she she can see. I'm not sure what the extent of it is, but she can see. So before she was released, God gave her her vision back. At this time, she is still not able to walk or talk, but she has a way of communicating with us. She has the biggest smile, smile as big as the ocean. She loves to smile. She loves to take pictures. And literally all you have to do is just say cheese. And when you say cheese, she lights up like a light bulb and she tilts her head to smile for the camera. And that's, you know, when we were talking about the challenges, I just want to back up for just a second. I believe one of the the major challenges for us in the very beginning was finding the right specialist because you you have to have the right specialist depending on your child's need. You you got to have that specialist who has a heart for special needs children and I'm just, you know, my husband and I were just so elated that we were blessed with some great specialists. So, um just to share a few of those challenges that we had in the beginning. And, you know, now again, like I said, she's not able to walk or talk at this time, but we're still believing that it's coming. And, and, you know, I I personally believe that we can learn, we as society who are considered, quote, normal, unquote, we can learn a lot from those that we state are special needs because they have a way of communicating. We have to pay more attention, as you stated, look at their body language, their facial expressions, and really get into their heart. And that's something we should be doing as normal people, you know, paying more attention 
and Absolutely. being quiet, quiet in, instead of speaking out and looking at the facial expressions, the body language, and getting into the heart. So I think there is a lot that we, society, can learn from special needs children, and they're the, we're the, they're the ones that are truly special, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think that we really need to embrace that. And society needs to look at them and look at and see what we can learn because there's a lot to learn from them. There's just the joy that they have that, you know, that is just there. You know, it, it just is a different type of joy and a different way of them expressing that. And I think we really can learn a lot from them. Absolutely. So, Joseph, um, in, you know, we're talking about the challenges and, you know, um, you know, I think personally there's just, you know, it's challenging to raise any child. Um, but, hmm. you know, and we all have needs. But what are some of the needs that you feel that you need, you, you, have, you have for your child right now, needs? Is that question kind of well, right? Um, Let me rephrase that because I was confused. I confused <laughs> myself. I got a little excited there. <laughs> the question should be, what do you need for for Jordan right now? Uh, I think it was uh, fine, Dr. Monica. Well, let's see. <laughs> um, with regards to, well, f- first of all, we can always use prayers and encouragement and support. That's always that's always good. We have we have a lot of friends and family who provide that to us very very well. Um, regarding Jordan's autism, it'd be great if we have a few more services that we're asking for. Um, we used to have home services. We have some services provided by the school, the district. Um, there are certain other services such as applied behavior analysis, um, some extra reading programs that we would love Jordan to obtain. Uh, these are just things that we would like. I mean, we're not asking for, for everything, anything and everything. We're not that type, but as parents, we try to make sound judgments to determine what we believe is best for Jordan and what we think will work. And it'd be great to have some of the other ones that we don't have right now. Uh, regarding Jordan's diabetes, I think it'd be great if we had something called a continuous glucose monitor. Uh, right now, that's that's not uh, covered. We, we don't have that. Um, but that would help uh, monitor Jordan's blood sugar level in addition to the usual finger pricks, but it can be very dangerous if his blood sugar drops below a certain um, level, and we want to prevent that from ever happening. And a continuous glucose monitor would have would would hopefully do that. So those those are just a couple of things. Ultimately, we we ask for prayers, encouragement, support uh, for our child, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, you know, thanks for sharing that because, you know, there is a statement that says a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And um, I, I believe in asking um, and seeking because you never know who's listening. And just so you know, I'm not sure if you know, but I do serve on the African-American Advisory Board for a local hospital here in Southern California. And um, mm-hmm. I will talk to you a little bit more about your needs um, and services and things that you may um, have. And I will inquire about that and see what, see what we can do. Because I, that's one of the purposes of the journey is, is to hopefully hear, have listeners hear us and to be able to help in some way. Because if someone's out there listening and you have resources, we invite you to connect with us and you can send us an email or go on our website. You can email us at thejourneytalkradio at gmail.com or go on to lifeskillsenterprise.com and click on the journey logo and contact us if you have any resource that can possibly help either family 
um, Alicia or uh, Joseph. So thank you both for sharing that. Thank you, Dr. That. Monica. Thank You're you. quite welcome. And Alicia, um, you know, you know, as parents, you know, we, we want the best for our parents, as, as jo- Joseph just stated. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a battle. It's a battle to get what we need, um, even mm-hmm. just for the normal child. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you find yourself having to fight for? You know what? Initially, Dr. Monica, I found that we were fighting for respite care. Uh, it took a few months to get all of the paperwork squared away, and I don't think a lot of people really realize that it's out there, and I, I think it's it's important to know that it, it you have to have a village surrounding you, and we were blessed with a few friends that were nurses when we brought her home from the hospital to help, and they were volunteering like one day a week or a couple hours a week, and although you may look at that and go, oh, my gosh, that's not a lot. But for us, we look forward to every Monday <laughs> to mm-hmm. see that nurse come over and, and help. And I'm excited that we've been blessed to finally get respite care. Every now and then we'll have some challenges because our daughter does require a lot of care, nursing care, so we are connected with a nursing agency. Um But I I do want to say that as caregivers, we have to take a break periodically from our day-to-day responsibilities, caring for our special needs angels. And these short-term breaks, for us, it helps to relieve the stress, Dr. Monica. It it renews your energy, and it restores a, a sense of balance to our lives. So for those that are out there listening, if you are in need of respite care. If you're tired, you're exhausted, you know, seek your your regional centers, your medical worker to see if you can and get get help as far as respite care. It's it's really important, and and that was one of the things that we had to fight for initially. It, it was a battle, but I, I'm thankful that we're kind of past that point. We we do have some challenges here and there, but for the most part, you know, we're doing pretty well with that, but I, I would encourage caregivers to definitely seek respite care if possible. Okay. okay. But, you know, one thing that you said is it does take a village, and um, also I am in the education field, and, and you know, healthcare mm-hmm. uh, education is very, it's a booming industry, and I, and I just hope that if there's any educators out there, there's, there's all of these programs that we offer, but some of the things, I mean, I'm just thinking out you know, outside of the box, but maybe some of these colleges and universities can have some interns that can provide caregiving and respite care for, you know, special need children. So that may be an avenue. Um, I'm going to have to explore that a little bit more and see what, you know, what the legalities are associated with that. And, um, and of course, they would need to have a mentor or someone who is more experienced, but maybe to get in their hours and just understanding and and being able to be exposed to special needs children because people don't know what they don't know, and that this may be their, you know, their calling, so to speak, to care for children with special needs. So definitely I'm taking some right. notes here, and you know, to see what else that Well, there is, um, Dr. Monica, if I can interject here, there is a service mm-hmm. called In-Home Support Services, and In-Home Support mm-hmm. Services provides um, 
hours for those who have special needs children and for elderly um, adults. And there is an application. They accept applications throughout the year. Of course, you have to be certified. You have to go through fingerprinting. You have to be CPR certified. But it's it's called in-home support services. And for those college students or those individuals that are out there listening, um, it's definitely worth worth it to seek in-home support services to see how you can help families like us. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And, Joseph, are you aware of that service? Um, in home support services? Yeah, I yes. think uh, okay. I, for the first few years after Jordan's diagnosis of autism, we did utilize some. We were unfortunately phased out. Um, the The provider that we had, um, I guess, has, <laughs> after a certain number of years, uh, wants to, to phase things out. Um, wants to phase the client out after a few years. But that that sort of answers the question that Alicia or that Alicia also answered. We we fight for obtaining and maintaining services as well. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and, and I just don't think it should I mean, it should not be a fight. Um if if it's if it's a need, it should be provided. But I I guess I mean that's just you know common sense, so to speak, but it's it's not offered. And so it kind of baffles me that, that you know, children or even just, you know, the basic resources that we need, they're not provided. So, and sometimes you know, it's, it's counterintuitive. As, it's also counterintuitive as well. Sometimes the the justification that, that they would use to face Jordan out of a particular service is that he's doing better. But mm-hmm. to me, that's just an indication that he – it's working, and he needs it. It's not a Absolutely. justification Absolutely. to remove it. Correct. Because then they revert back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so. Now, and Joe, um, Joseph, you've written a book, and as I mentioned earlier to our listeners, if they post on our Facebook page and just you know comment and provide some input that we're going to select two lucky posts to win a copy of the book. And the book is called Half My Life, The Testimony of a Father, and his special needs child. What do you expect readers to gain from that book? Well, there's multiple purposes why I wrote it. Of course, it's to share our story. It's a memoir about my son. Essentially, it's a peek into the lives of a family with a special needs child. Um, My son, being autistic and having limited communication skills, um, I use this book as an opportunity to be his voice. I can be his voice when he cannot speak for himself and share his own story. Um, I, I'm hoping to to spread awareness um, to others about those with special needs and their families, some of the struggles we go through. Um, in my book, I pretty much tell it like it is. Um, sometimes it's it's joyful, our experiences. Sometimes they're challenging. There's highs and lows. It's not always happy and peppy. Um, sometimes there's there's difficulties, and if I if I didn't tell it like it is, it wouldn't be real. So what readers can expect from me is sincerity and honesty. Um, uh, it's really a heartfelt. It's it's a labor of love um, because it's for my son. It, it's again, it's um, it's a way that I can speak for him when he cannot speak for himself. Okay. Um, and and if, how, if it's okay, Dr. Mon- 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Is it? <laughs> if it's okay, may I? I also want to indicate that uh, when the book was done, I think it was about a year later that I decided to continue with with the cause of spreading awareness of the special needs community by starting a set of YouTube videos. Uh, my YouTube channel is called Autism and Diabetes Dad. I post a new video every every month or so. So um, if if people find the book. Um, don't want to buy a book? Well, they can at least tune into the um, to the videos. And those videos are great. I just wanted to commend you on them. I have viewed many of them, and you know, is there? I I just personally learn a lot. So thank you for even providing that. And um, just uh, kind of tell you. us, you know, the book. Um, how does the book help you? And how would you encourage, or would you even encourage other parents with special needs to write the write their own books? And why? Well, maybe I can answer that by explaining why I wrote it. And um, maybe if if they're in the same situation or they feel the same way, then they can begin uh, their book as well. I mean, I would always encourage them uh, to do what, what's in their heart. Um, you know, after a few years of Jordan being diagnosed with autism um, and the challenges we were going through, obtaining services, fighting for services, if I may use that word again, and... And just the challenges of his condition, and then also the onset of his diabetes, um, all these things were weighing in my heart. And it got to the point that I just had to start writing things down. And after about 22 months of writing, I think I decided I, I had enough material to actually write a book uh, or to, for, to format it into a book. So I submitted the manuscript to Christian Faith Publishing. Um, and they accepted it. A few months later, my book came out. So the whole thing took about two-plus years, and I most definitely encourage people, if, if they have a story to tell, um, go ahead and, and write it down. You know, um, I know that every situation is different. Every child is unique, and the dynamics of family vary from household to household. But in the greater sense, I think we can all relate, and we can really learn from each other's stories. And uh, yes, definitely um, share your experiences. I'll uh, I'll read it. I've read a, I've read a few um, stories as well and other people's testimonies, and that's what encouraged me to to finally pull the trigger and write the book. Correct. Well, thank you for sharing that. And you know, about 15 years yeah. ago, I I personally have uh, had embarked into writing books, and you know, it just happened, so to speak, with my former pastor at Friendship Baptist Church in Yorba Belinda had me write the history of the church, and it kind of evolved. And so, you know, fast forwarding 15 years later, I am still hosting and having um, book writing classes and self-publishing courses. In fact, we just had one this past weekend with the city of Corona. So if anybody is interested in getting some tips on publishing and, you know, self-publishing and writing the books, I do encourage them to, you know, contact us and visit our website to see what we offer. And then I'm going to put my other dear friend on the spot, Miss Alicia Jones, because I know that she is <laughs> in the process of writing her book as well. And um, yes. I want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> you know, um, I'm hoping to have it done by the summer, maybe before okay. the summer. But I am working on that, Joseph. I'm very excited to hear that you took the charge 
and I love the title of your book. I think it's absolutely awesome, and I can't wait to get and read a copy uh, of your book. So I'm you. encouraged. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll thank exchange. You so much. <laughs> Good. Definitely. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the book too, and hopefully they both will be bestsellers. You know, and yeah. um, <laughs> as we see, you know, special needs children and people responding to them or shunning away from them, you know, how does society respond to your child? How would you like for them to respond? Let's start with you, Joseph. Well, okay. Um, well, as, friends, as far as friends and family, of course, we get support. Um, uh, they're, they're wonderful. Um, regarding strangers, uh, I guess there's a wide variety of responses. My son, he, he's very friendly. He has always has a smile on his face. He's always laughing. He likes to read name tags, and uh, he'll call people's name out at random just by reading their name tags. And sometimes they respond well, and at that point I encourage him to continue the conversation. Uh, other times they don't respond, um, and so I don't push it. I don't pursue it. Um, but it's, there's a wide variety of responses. If I may share a really inf- a funny story, there was um, one uh, person at Target, and uh, Jordan read his name tag. His name was Jesus, spelled with a J. And Jordan mm-hmm. just reads things phonetically. So he, he called out really loud. And this was around Christmas time, too. He said, hi, Jesus, how are you? And <laughs> everybody, everybody turned around and said, Jesus? Jesus is at Target? So, uh, again, there's a, there's a wide variety of, of responses. Now, how would I want um, society to respond well, um, it goes back to one of the reasons why I wrote my book to, to to spread awareness, and so I'm not you know I'm not looking for pity. We're not looking for sorrow or anything like that. Uh, definitely respond with acceptance, um, understanding, and support. I think those would be a good way to start. Absolutely, and you know that that transcends whether there's special needs or not to accept and understand. And we are coming up to our end of our 30 minutes, and it has gone by really quickly. I'm just going to pose the last question to Alicia. You know, what tips do you have for other parents who have children with special needs? I would say, Dr. Monica, continue to show unconditional love. They know it's vital to their healing. You have to tell them that you love them, even if you don't think that they understand. Don't hide them from the public take them to the amusement parks, take them to the movies, to the malls, or the church. You treat them like you would want any other child to be treated. And I stand on this scripture about love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, where it says love is patient and kind, and love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own. It's it's not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongdoing. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. That's what it's all about. We have to continue to show them unconditional love. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I agree with that, and and that's a good way to end this segment. And I just want to thank you both, um, Joseph and Alicia, for sharing your journey on the journey, and I hope that someone has heard something or, you know, can provide some resources and and just, you know, pay attention to others more and, and be a little bit more compassionate and caring and accepting. 
So thank you both for joining me today. I appreciate you. Thank you, you. for having thank us. You. Thank you, Alicia. So, it was nice meeting you as well. And thank you, Dr. Thank Bonica. you. Look forward to getting your book soon. <laughs> uh, likewise. Uh, keep me posted about it. You got it. Thank you, Dr. Monica. You're quite welcome. This is Dr. Monica signing off until next time. Join us every first and third Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. until 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. Our next episode airs Tuesday, February 20th, and the topic is to immunize or not immunize your child. Our returning guest is Dr. Anthony Antonacci. Until next time, may you eat and live healthily after the journey.